shall we begin? This is going to be quite a ride. And hello everybody and welcome to the Movie Podcast. I am your host, Christian. Thank you very much for joining me on this podcast this week. Oh, it's already going downhill. Uh, this is the last podcast of the year for 2019. It has been a wild ride this year. Somewhat bumpy this year. I'll, I'll, I will agree with that. But uh, it, is, it has been uh, an amazing uh, year for movie news and movies and trailers and anything else you can possibly imagine uh been some downsides to everything as well but uh for the most part 2019 has been a pretty pretty decent year for for movies uh so this is of course like i mentioned the movie pit podcast where we talk about all of the big latest breaking movie news items to come out this week we also talk about the movie trailers that came out this week and we also talk about the movies that are out in theaters this weekend for all your viewing pleasures but considering that this is the last week of the podcast uh, or the last podcast for the year as well uh i'm gonna talk about all the movies coming out not only this week but for the rest of the year which is not a lot but you know we'll, we'll talk about those uh so yeah uh it's like i said it's been a fun year it's been a great year but uh we got to finish this off strong so let's get to it there is one particular movie news item that i want to talk about before we get to this week's movie news items and that is that the power rangers reboot eyes a director yes in case you didn't know or forgot there will be another reboot to the power rangers because we can't have nice things uh anyway paramount pictures is now in charge of distribution because uh, uh lion uh, not lionsgate uh saban and um uh, what was the other one there's another one but uh saban uh films uh, and hasbro uh they kind of moved the uh movie rights over to paramount but now they have hired a new director and i'm gonna mispronounce his last name because i always do jonathan Estwistle? I'm pretty sure that's not how you say it. Uh, he is the man, uh, one of the men that created the Netflix series The End of the Effing World. Uh, and he's also currently in post-production on his new series, I'm Not Okay With This, also appearing on Netflix. According to the reports, the reboot will involve time travel elements that brings the kids to the 90s in a in a back to the future fashion they will have to find a way to get their uh, get back to the present and the script is currently being written by um by someone as well uh i don't know how i feel about this i i mentioned when we talked about the power rangers reboot before i think it was a couple months ago maybe a few months ago that uh, i was not a fan of it uh, i was a I was a fan of the new reboot that came out last year. Uh, I think the cast of that new reboot also has a lot more fanfare uh, nowadays. You had you had Doc Ray Montgomery in there, who was of course got way more popular because of Stranger Things. Uh, you had Naomi Scott in there; her stars on the rise with uh, Aladdin and Charlie's Angels. Although Charlie's Angels kind of fell at the box office, but at least her name recognition is still there. Um, who else was on that cast? Uh, Becky G, who was a singer, she has a pretty big fan base. Uh, and then you had, uh, the, the other two who mostly do a lot of independent stuff. So, I mean, their name probably isn't, uh, too big, but their name obviously got, became a somewhat household name with the people that enjoyed the Power Rangers reboot. Uh, so I'm, I'm not a big fan of this new reboot of a reboot. Uh, again, considering how much I actually liked the other one that came out last year. And again, uh, it had a, it had a good fan base. It had a fan base falling behind it, especially with the names that were attached already. I just, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, but, uh, there's a new power Rangers reboot in the works. I'm not happy about it. (laughs) So there, there is that. All right. So that's the only news item that I want to talk about that came out after the podcast came out last week. Let's jump forward to this week's movie news items. And we'll start off like we always do with trailer talk coming soon to theaters. So we have quite we had quite a few trailers drop this week, uh, so I'm just going to kind of speed through all of these because I forgot to mention up top I'm going to be talking about Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. So uh, we'll just kind of speed, and some of these are just kind of like you know they're whatever trailers. A lot of these are actually trailers that I think you should watch just for the visual aspect of some of these. Uh, not this one. This first one is actually more of an announcement trailer. Uh, the first uh, teaser, I guess we can call it, is uh, for Respect 
which follows the career of Aretha Franklin. It's a biopic of Aretha Franklin, and she's being played by Jennifer Hudson in the movie. Uh, the movie comes out on October of next year, so there's that. Again, it's just an announcement trailer. Uh, it's pretty much uh, Jennifer Hudson singing uh, a bit of respect, uh, the song Respect, for, for it. Uh, the second trailer is Saint Maud. It's a uh, it's a story it's a story that follows Maud, uh, played by I, I'm kind of mispronounce her first name Morfeed I, I I don't know how to say it uh, Morfeed Clark uh, she is actually just I think she was just announced recently to uh, play a character in the Lord of the Rings series for Amazon uh, I think she's playing the uh, Kate Blanchett character for whatever reason I can't think of her name i think she, i think that's what she's playing uh but she plays a hospice nurse obsessed with salvation for a dying patient's soul however the lengths she'll go to save the soul take her on a dark and twisted path that comes out um next year in the spring doesn't have a specific release date but a24 is aiming to release it in the spring of next year um that one looks very interesting I will say, I will say that there is one part that involves a shoe, and if you saw the trailer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, that looks pretty interesting. It looks very A24. Uh, their horror division uh, looks very A24. So uh, I'm looking kind of forward to that. Uh, the next trailer is for uh, Downhill. That is a remake of a Swedish comedy uh, that stars Will Ferrell and Julie Louise. Dreyfus, as a married couple, try saying that name five times fast, uh, as a married couple whose family, who's on a family ski vacation in the Alps, is thrown into disarray when they are forced to reevaluate their lives and how they feel about each other following a narrow escape from an avalanche. Like I mentioned, this is a remake to a Swedish film. I didn't know it was a remake to a Swedish film, but it is. And the movie is written and directed by Nate Faxon and Jim Rash, who did the uh, coming-of-age movie The Way, Way Back, which is very good. If you haven't watched that, I highly recommend you do. Uh, they also were responsible for the script for The Descendants, which is the movie that starred uh, George Clooney, like, what was it, five years ago? Something like that. Uh, the movie co-stars Zach Woods, Zoe Chow, and Miranda Otto. That opens on February 14th, 2020, which is kind of funny that they're releasing a movie about relationship strains uh, on Valentine's Day. But it looks it looks funny. It, it's not, you know, you, you hear Will Ferrell and you're like, oh, okay, it's going to be, you know, an over-the-top comedy. No, this actually kind of seems more like kind of like a dark comedy in a way. Um, there's no, like, real big Will Ferrell-y uh, comedy, at least in the trailer. Well, there is one bit when he's a little drunk and he's talking to Zach Woods character, Zach Woods from uh, Silicon Valley. But um, I don't know. This looks kind of more, you know, more realistic. Like I said, like kind of more of a dark comedy. Uh, so there is that. Uh, like I mentioned, that comes out on February 14th next year. The next trailer is The Woman in the Window. And this one is directed by Joel Wright, who did last year's Pan, which everyone seems to have forgotten about. Uh, he also did uh, Hannah, which was the Sasha Ronan movie, and Eric Bana and Kit. Kate Blanchett was also in there, uh, but it, it's directed by him, and it's written by Tracy Letts, who also co-stars in the movie, uh, and it's also based off a uh, best-selling novel, I think of the same name, and it's follows an, a, it follows a woman who is played by Amy Adams, who is a, I want to pronounce this right, a agoraphobic, which is a person that's afraid of going outside, uh, who believes she's witnessed a murder, but everyone around her questions her sanity, uh, and this is, it, this movie isn't getting the best track record so far because Tracy Letts himself, who, like I mentioned, wrote the script and also co-stars in the movie, he said this. He said something about his experience working on the movie, from writing to test screenings to the reshoots that had to be made, that he had nothing to do with, by the way, the, re the rewriting of the reshoots. He said, and I quote, kind of sucked. That is not something you want to hear from someone who starred in your movie and also co-wrote it, uh, so I don't know. I don't know how Woman in the Window will recover from that, but we'll we'll see how that happens. It does look very interesting. It, it looks a lot like uh, Rear Window, the Alfred Hitchcock movie, which kind of has this the same kind of uh, premise. You know, there's a guy who sees potentially something that he may or may not have seen uh but he's also kind of like i think it was he a writer or a photographer or a reporter something along those lines very good by the way you, sh you should really watch it rear window uh there's also it also kind of has a little bit of uh what the was it disturbia Sub suburbia 
I forgot what it was called already. The Shia LaBeouf one, where he's uh, stuck. It's again, he's kind of stuck in his home and he can't go anywhere, and he sees something that he may or may not have seen, and no one really believes him. So it kind of has a little bit of that vibe, uh, but it's very good. It has a very great cast. You got Amy Adams in there. You got Gary Oldman, Wyatt Russell, Brian Tyree Henry, Anthony Mackie, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Julianne Moore. Uh, this is this hopefully you know getting past the whole tracy let's says it kind of sucked uh experience maybe we're looking at another really great solid uh whodunit thriller or what's really going on the trailer really plays up the fact i I kind of hope that i was kind of hoping after i saw the trailer now and kind of knowing everything about i have not read the book but kind of knowing everything that's kind of gone into it i kind of was hoping that maybe the trailer didn't show as much as it did because there are moments because again she's agoraphobic uh tracy let's i think plays the psychiatrist to amy adams's character and there's talks about her medication and um there's things about her sanity about maybe seeing things that aren't really there there's the whole wife's kind of swap thing in the trailer um i don't know it's just it's very interesting and i I kind of hope that hopefully the movie doesn't fall into you know this weird little uh thing about oh it looks really really good and it's a really good solid you know idea and then you kind of watch and you're like well, that's very disappointing because we've already had enough of those these those movies this year. But Woman in the Window comes out on May fifteenth of next year. So let's move on to some of the other trailers that came out this week. We got two more, uh, at least at the time of this recording, uh, and that is the next one is Top Gun Maverick. That is directed by Joseph Krasinski, who did uh, Tron Legacy and Oblivion, working once again with Tom Cruise. The long-awaited sequel to the 1986 Tony Scott-directed film, Top Gun Maverick, will see Tom Cruise's Pete Maverick Mitchell return to Top Gun, which if you have not watched the original movie, or if you haven't seen it in some time, like I have, it's a it's a naval kind of, it's it's a naval place where you know the the fi- fighter pilots go and and, and train. Uh, nonetheless, Maverick returns at, this time as an instructor for the newer generation of pilots that introduces Bradley Rooster Bradshaw, the son of Maverick's friend and co-pilot from the original movie Goose, who's played by Anthony Edwards. Uh, the Rooster is played uh, by Miles Teller in the movie. The Top Gun Maverick also co-stars Jennifer Connelly, John Hamm, uh, Glenn Powell, Lo- Lewis Pullman, Val Kilmer, uh, Val Kilmer, can't speak now, uh, who was in the original movie, and Ed Harris as well. Your instructor is one of the finest pilots this program has ever produced. His exploits are legendary. What he has to teach you may very well mean the difference between life and death. Your reputation precedes you. I have to admit, I wasn't expecting an invitation back. They're called orders, Maverick. Uh, I, I, like I mentioned, I haven't seen the first Top Gun in quite some time. Of course, everyone remembers the volleyball scene, which this one will will have. We've we've seen it uh, in the trail in both trailers now. So I don't know how I feel uh, about it. And you know, a lot of people were you know s- skeptical about whether or not they want to do another Top Gun movie because. You know, the first one was very Tony Scott. Uh, of course, Tony Scott has sadly passed away. He's been passed away for a few years now. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know how this is going to work out. You know, there, we don't know really what the movie's about too much. Uh, you know, there was there's early rumored plot that uh, Maverick was coming back to maybe teach uh, some new pilots because the government was going to use more drone pilots this time. We don't know anything. The trailer doesn't really give us anything other than Maverick is coming back to train these new fighter pilots. And, and again, the volleyball scene is also back. Uh, so I don't know. Um, I, I can't really say too much. I think trailer-wise, just 
you know feelings based off the trailer it looks very good it looks like it's going to be a good a good movie it looks like we're going to be in for a pretty wild ride uh so we'll see how that works out uh top gun maverick will open on june 26 2020 and finally the last trailer we're going to talk about this week is the big trailer it is the one that we've all been waiting for it is the first trailer uh first official trailer for christopher nolan's newest film tenant we all believe we've run into the burning building But until we feel that heat, we can never know. You do. You chose to die instead of giving up your colleagues. That test you passed, not everybody does. Welcome to the afterlife. To do what I do, I need some idea of the threat we face. As I understand it, we're trying to prevent World War Three. Nuclear holocaust? No. Something worse. for you is a word. Tell it. It'll open the right doors. Some of the wrong ones, too. You have to start looking at the world in a new way. Don't try to understand it. We really don't know anything about the movie. Uh, plot-wise, not non-official plot-wise, from the trailer, it looks like you know there, someone has their hands. Maybe someone or a group has their hands on uh, some pretty nasty stuff. And you know, J, D, uh, John David Washington's character has to uh, go hunt them down and stop it from stop them or the group or whoever has it from using it. Uh, there is some twisty time manipulation uh so it does have that kind of sci-fi twist uh so there is that the film co-stars robert pattinson elizabeth dubecky uh clemson posey aaron taylor johnson kenneth Branagh, and michael kane uh if you saw star wars the last jedi in imax uh they have attached the prologue to Christopher Nolan's Tenet in the movie, and I did happen to watch uh, Star Wars: The Last uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker in IMAX, and I saw the prologue, and it is so good. It it reminded it reminds you of how great of a director Nolan is, and it's just it's it's this quick six minutes uh, of footage. And I was so enthralled by those six minutes of footage that I, I didn't even care. I, I could have I easily just walked out after watching that and been like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm okay with spending, you know, 40 bucks in the movie theater to go watch this and, and leaving. Uh, 40 bucks, of course, being with, you know, soda and, and other stuff. But, uh, yeah, so six. So if you are going to watch Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, I highly recommend that you watch an IMAX so you can see those six minutes uh, that's a six-minute prologue of uh, of the movie, uh, and it doesn't really give you too much. I mean, you you kind of, and, and even those six minutes, you don't really get a lot of plot. You know something's going down, but you don't you aren't fully in the know, which is great. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to Tenet. I am a huge fan of Christopher Nolan. I have pretty much enjoyed or liked or loved every movie he's done so far, uh, and every movie I can get my hands on. So. I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to this, and I can't wait for this to come out. Uh, so, Tenet comes out on July seventeenth, twenty twenty. So we've got we got quite a wait, but uh, I think it'll be worth it. All right. So those are all the trailers that came out this week. If anything else drops this week, uh, I will let you know in the description slash show notes area, so you guys can go check them out. There are some other stuff that came out. I think the new trailer for uh, Onward came out. The new Disney and Pixar animated movie. I think that came out as well. So I'll link that down below. I think that came. I don't know if I just didn't see it or I didn't see it in time. But as I'm recording, I'm, I'm seeing. I'm seeing it in my outline, so it's there. I don't have that much opinion on it so it's it's also down there so all right let's move on to the movie news items of the week 
So we're going to start off with some quick-fire movie news items. Uh, the first one is a pretty interesting one, to be honest. And what could be an awesome matchup? Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are teaming up with the Ready or Not directing duo known as Radio Silence. That Matt, uh, that would be Matt Bantaletti Open, I think that's how you pronounce his name, and Tyler Gillette uh, on a bear-driven horror comedy that is being described as a cross between Good Boys and The Revenant. The Good Boys, of course, being the comedy that came out earlier this year uh, with Jacob Tremblay and you know all those the three kids who are trying to get to a to a high, to a high school party or to a party in general, uh, and of course the Revenant being the Leonardo DiCaprio Tom Hardy movie that came out a few years ago. And just FYI, Lord and Miller are only producing the movie. They'll probably help out with the script at some point, uh, while the Radio Silence guys will be the one directing it. And if you're not seen Ready or Not, I highly recommend you do. It is one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Um, and uh, yeah. So go go check that out uh, if you haven't already. And this sounds pretty good. I'm not going to lie. This sounds pretty awesome. All right. Uh, the next quick fire movie news item is that John M. Cho is being eyed to produce and potentially direct the feature adaptation of Mary, K- Mary H.K. Choi's best-selling young adult romance novel, Permanent Record. The novel explores how social media can influence relationships and follows star-crossed lovers Pablo Rind and Leanna Smart, who meets one chilly night morning at the bodega where Pablo works. The college dropout, who is buried in debt while Leanna is a social media superstar, having been famous since she was a child. Because, you know, that's how it's done nowadays. As an adult, their life... Or as an adult, her life is a blur of private planes, photo shoots, and hotel rooms. But when she finds herself in Pablo's bodegas, they're just two people. And they soon become a quote-unquote thing. Though social media poses a unique challenge that sends each of them on a complicated journey of self-discovery. Uh, so that's what the novel's about. The book was published actually in the fall. So it's a quick turnaround on that. And of course, John M. Cho is coming off the uh, Crazy Rich Asians train and the upcoming In the Heights, which seems like it's going to put him even more on the board so he's going to be probably a very potentially busy man as uh, as the year go as the years go on uh, the next quick fire movie news item that i don't have too much to talk about obviously that's what this whole quick fire movie news item is of course for all you first-time listeners, uh, Universal and Blumhouse have hired up-and-coming genre director Keith Thomas, who's coming off his feature film The Vigil, which Blumhouse actually just uh, bought the distribution rights to, so we'll get a good idea of how his directing style is, to direct a new adaptation of Stephen King's classic Firestarter. The book followed a young girl with pyrokinetic abilities who is abducted by a secret government agency that wants to harness her gift as a weapon. Because, you know, that's that's all that's all they want. Uh, the film has already been remade, of course, in the ni- in 1984. Uh, that starred Drew Barrymore, which is kind of one of you know I, was it her first thing after ET? I'm, I want to say it was her first thing, or at least her first big thing after ET. I don't know why that popped in my head right now, but um, Keith David was also in that movie. So was uh, Martin Sheen and Heather Locklear. Uh, so you know that movie obviously has a lot of. Uh, a lot of fanfare to it, but uh, they were making another one. The new film will be written by Scott Teams, who had a hand in writing the next Halloween movie, Halloween Kills. Uh, Blumhouse, like I mentioned, I already mentioned that, Blumhouse bought the distribution rights to The Vigil, so we'll get to see how uh, general audiences see Keith Thomas's directing style. Uh, so let's move on to the bigger movie news items of the week. Quote unquote bigger movie news items of the week. Uh, the first one is the favorite director, Yorgos, I always mispronounce his last name. Always, but I think I've gotten better at it before. Uh, Yorgos Thanamos, uh, that's probably still not how you say it. Uh, of course, he directed The Lobster, and like I mentioned, the favorite is in negotiations to direct the adaptation of the novel The Hawkland Monster, or The Hawkline Monster. The novel, written by a black comedian writer, everyone, every news story, every report that I read for this. Uh, for the story, always put it that way. Written a novel written by a black comedian writer, so that's how I'm gonna put it. Uh, Richard, uh, I was, I, and I don't know how to pronounce this guy's last name either. Uh, Richard Broadenting, I don't know. Uh, either way, it follows two gunslingers in the old west who are hired by a young bla- uh, young woman named Magic Child because of course she is, to deal with something in her house. A supposed quote-unquote monster that lives beneath the Hawkline home in a series of ice caves. The novel is described as a hybrid between Western horror fantasy and surreal comedy. So why not hire the guy who wrote the uh, wrote and directed The Lobster and The Favorite? And he also, didn't he also do uh, The Killing of a Sacred Deer? 
Was that also him? I can't remember if that was also him. I didn't end up watching it, unfortunately. But I think that was also him. Anyway, the movie adaptation has been in the works in Hollywood for a while now. Decades, even. Uh, as we're coming to an end of a decade, this movie has been in the works uh, for decades as well. Originally, uh, the writer of the novel and the director, uh, the late director, uh, Hal Ashby, who uh, I can't remember if I remember ever seeing anything of his. And running through his filmography, I don't think I have. I've heard the name. Hell Ashby, but I've actually never seen any of his stuff. Uh, Hell Ashby, by the way, all the reports uh, pretty much point out to movies, The Last Detail, and Being There. So if you want to go check out any of those, I'm, I'm going to add those to my watch list as well. Uh, worked together to get the film made in the 70s and the 80s. The two even had some disagreements on how the script uh, was going to uh, be written, how it was going to be produced and, and directed. Uh, despite having actors like Jack Nicholson, Dustin Hoffman, and Jeff and Bo Bridges attached the, uh, to the project at certain uh, points in the 70s and 80s. Uh, when Ashby uh, passed away in 1988, the project then went on the back burner for a while and then Tim Burton picked it up and he took a crack at it uh, with Jack Nicholson still on board and he even bought in Clint Eastwood to come on to the project but that also fell apart so now it's down to uh, I'm just going to pronounce I'm just going to say Yorgos even though I'm not friends with him or know him personally to take a crack at it uh, he's also very busy with two other stuff at the two other things at the moment I think he's directing its mini series at the at the moment and then he got he has another project in the works so this it may take a while before you even see this but uh, to have him attached already is is a big win uh, so let's move on to the next movie news item which is Quentin Tarantino uh, so last year, it was announced that Quentin Tarantino would be potentially tacking, tackling a R-rated Star Trek film after he finished up with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Of course, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has come and gone. I think it's even out on uh, Blu-ray and DVD. I know, who still buys DVDs now? Uh, but anyway, <laughs> while, recently, while recently it's been pretty fuzzy uh, whether he would actually do it or not, Tarantino kind of set the record straight uh, about it in an interview with Consequence of Sound, saying this, saying, quote, I think I'm steering away from Star Trek, but I haven't had an official conversation with those guys yet, end quote. Last week, it was announced, or it was said in another interview that uh, by Tarantino that Kill Bill Volume 3 was still in the cards, but again, uh, he's been saying that for on and off since you know Kill Bill Volume 2 has come out, uh, but there's no word yet, Either way, on what the 10th and potentially final film of Tarantino's will be, it's been very well known that he has said that after 10 films he is done. That also said, though, it kind of seemed during this recent interview with Consequence of Sound that it almost sounded like he would be okay hanging up his hat, his director's hat, with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So, if he does that, I mean, it kind of makes sense when you go back, you know, there's articles upon articles about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, now the movie does kind of seem like it's Tarantino saying goodbye to Hollywood and, and, and to filmmaking, and if that's the case, then great. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is very divisive as a film, you know, there are people uh, who like it, there are people who very much dislike and there are people who don't know how they feel about it and I am one of those people I enjoyed it when I was watching it and going back and reading all these articles and hearing everyone's opinion on on everything I also agree with some of them so it's it's just it's one of those movies where it's definitely going to appear in a lot of people's you know favorite movies of the year best movies of the year I I will honestly tell you right now I've created a whole new category for myself. I don't know where to put this movie, and that is where Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will go, because I don't know where to put it. Uh, there are parts that I really liked. There are parts that I loved. There are parts that I thought uh, did not work. There are parts that I was like, what, why are we doing this? Why am I here? Why? 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 Uh, but... Uh, you know, there is that. So, uh, if Quentin Tarantino is really stepping away from Star Trek, I don't think it, it's necessarily that big of a deal because, you know, he wasn't fully on board with it. He said that he would go back to it once he was done with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And considering, you know, the 
award seasons going on and once upon a time in hollywood i'm pretty sure has been nominated for a bunch of stuff uh, already in some award shows and award shows that we don't even know exist um but I, I don't know how i feel about it i honestly don't so we'll see what happens with that all right so let's move on to the next movie news item which is again at least at the time of this recording our last movie news item of the week and that is that david ayer the director of Suicide Squad and, of course, a bunch of other movies, is in negotiations to write and direct the remake of the classic film The Dirty Dozen. I can already hear the collective groan of the internet as I say it, even though it's you know came out earlier this week. Uh, the 1967 film followed a group of American, uh, I'm sorry, a group of army convicts, uh, convicts, why did I say that word? Who are coerced into a mission to take out Nazi officials and a heavily guarded chateau in exchange for their freedom. Does this sound familiar to you? Does it? Because it does to me. Uh, the, the original film, again, like I mentioned, is a classic movie. And it starred people like Lee Marvin, Ernest uh, Borgen, Kelly Salavis, Jim Cassavetes, who actually earned an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor for his work in this. Uh, Robert, uh, Robert Weber, Donald Sutherland, and Charles Bronson. It was the man's movie. It was the man's man. Uh, if you were a man man in Hollywood, you were in this movie uh, at that time. And it was this movie, The Dirt Dozen, that pretty much set the mold in Hollywood for quote-unquote bad guys on a suicide mission uh, movies, a.k.a. the movies that Ayer just did. He just did Suicide Squad. I mean, he, I know he did something else. I, I'm pretty sure he did something else after this. But he just did Suicide Squad. And this isn't his first movie that he's done like that either. Uh, Fury, you can arguably say, was also was also like that. Uh, Sabotage was kind of almost like that. I know a lot of people forget about Sabotage. That was the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he leads like a, 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 a like a almost like a SWAT group of people that are all different like Joe Manganiello was in there uh Sam Worthington was in there there was just a bunch of people and it was kind of it was also it was almost kind of also like a whodunit kind of movie because you know people start dying and it's all about like money it's just it's really weird um so he's done this already Suicide Squad was basically his Dirty Dozen, and now he's actually just remaking Dirty Dozen for Warner Brothers, so, I, I don't know, I mean, I, I guess, uh, it has been said in the reports that the remake will not be a period piece, but a contemporary story, which again, just sets the fact that you already did this, why are you doing this again? So there's no word yet on when Ayer would start working on this, but he is currently on two other projects. One of them is a crime thriller titled The Tax Collector, which stars Shia LaBeouf, which if you actually look up The Tax Collector with Shia LaBeouf, you will see him uh, in these promo shots where he's all... Like, he has, he's got all these tattoos all over him, because, of course, it's a David Ayer movie. People have to have tattoos. And uh, he's also working on a movie called uh, El Alamino, which is another uh, tank battle movie after, like I mentioned, Fury that he just did. And Ayer, look, I I, I kind of almost want to really support Ayer, because he's actually from the Chicagoland area, which is really cool. And he's done some great movies. I mean, he's, he's uh, Harsh Times, Street Kings, End of Watch. Those are great. Those are great movies of his. Uh, he's, you know, he always, he's, he's not on the line of, you know, making like all these characters are really like heroes and they're not flawed in any sort of way. Nothing. He knows how to make flawed heroes. And then, you know, but with those, those good movies, or at least those really decent movies, he's also had some misses. Sabotage being one of them. Uh, Netflix is bright. Which was okay, but it just it, it felt very flimsy a lot of the time. And I don't know if that's Ayer's fault or if that's Netflix's fault or whatever. But there was that, and of course, you know, we mentioned uh, Fury. It was another not not saying that Fury was a bad movie. I actually really liked Fury, uh, but Suicide Squad being the other one, uh, a lot of hits and a lot of misses for David Ayer, for David Ayer. But um, I don't know, like what, why, why, why are you doing? Why are you do? Give give Dirty Dozen to someone else. Uh, like, if you're going to remake it, give it to someone else who already has done his Dirty Dozen movie. I just, it just doesn't make sense. But there's that. So that's it. Those are all your movie news items that have come out at the time of this recording. If anything drops, I will put it up over on the Twitter page. And, you know, as we are, um, 
uh, coming up at the end of the year. This is, like I mentioned, the last podcast of the year. If anything big drops, I'll put it up on the Twitter page. Keep you guys updated over there. I'm, I really want to keep. I really want to update the Twitter page as much as possible, and I'm not doing a very good job at that. And I apologize. Uh, next year is going to be very different, but we'll 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 do that. So, uh, so yeah, that's all the movie news items. Like I mentioned, they've come out this week. Let's move on to this week's movie releases. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So this week there hasn't really been any, uh, there's no real big limited release I should say, because uh, it's all about the wide releases this week. Uh, the first one is Cats. Yeah, uh, based of course on the Broadway play. Uh, it's getting interesting <laughs> reviews. I, I I I don't know what what's, I never saw Cats on Broadway. I never seen the show, I never went to Broadway saw the show. It's, it's just one of those things where, and, and to be honest, I didn't know anything about Cats. Nothing. I knew it was a show. I knew, you know, memories and stuff like that. Um, but when I found out what the show was actually about, I was, <laughs> I, I've never used this word in my life. Not, not, unless I'm, you know, being, trying to be corny or trying to be, you know, facetious. Um, English major. Uh, but I was flabbergasted when I found out what this movie is actually about. What the plot, what the story of Cats is actually about. If you don't know what the story of Cats is actually about, it's if you never, you know, if you're like me, you never saw the show, you never know what the show was really about, and you find out about it, you're like, that's that's what it's about. That's what everyone's going crazy about. Uh, so yeah, there there is that. Um, but Cats coming out, and it, yeah, go if you want to go watch it. I'm probably gonna go watch it just to see how either bad or so bad it's good is. Um, so I'm gonna go watch. And of course, the other big movie coming out this week is Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, which is already pretty sure already breaking records at some point. Um, and of course, that is uh, the last trilogy, the last chapter of the Skywalker saga, and the last chapter of this trilogy that has come out. It's once again directed by J.J. Abrams. I went to go watch it last night, so I guess I'll, this is where I'll drop my thoughts about it. Uh, non-spoiler thoughts, by the way. No, non-spoiler thoughts. Don't worry about me spoiling stuff, because I'm not going to do that for you. I'm not going to do that to you guys. It's an instinct. A feeling. The Force brought us together. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. But I do. Long have I waited. And now... Coming together. Is your undoing. What, uh, what are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. I. I don't know how I feel, to be honest. I. I walked out. And I was as I was driving home and thinking about certain stuff, I just didn't know how I felt about it upon first viewing. I am going to go watch it again. I'm watching it again on Saturday. I can tell you that it is a pretty flawed film. There are some things that don't really work. I think there are some uh, there are times where the movie feels overstuffed, and there are times where the movie what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word I used? earlier on my social media where I put it. I just think that, yeah, I just think it's overstuffed at times. I think there's stuff that doesn't really work too well uh, in the movie. It's, I'm not saying it's not fun. You know, I'm one of those people who will leave hype and expectations at the door. And I know it's very hard for some people to do, especially for Star Wars, because, you know, Star Wars is is life for a lot of people. Uh, And I I am a big Star Wars fan. I grew up on the movies like everyone else. 
you know, watching them uh, on VHS. And then, of course, you know, watching the the prequels and, uh, you know, watching everything after that. So I'm a fan of Star Wars. And, but I I pride myself of leaving hype and expectations at the door when I'm sitting in a movie theater. And when I'm watching the movie, I'm taking, taking, taking the movie in. Uh, why was that so hard to say? Taking the movie in for what it is, for what's in front of me, and remember, and for a franchise like this, remembering you know bits and pieces like okay, this is what happened in the last movie. This is probably why this is so relevant. Okay, that's why that's relevant and stuff like that. That's really the only thing that I take with me, especially when I'm watching a sequel to to something, or in this case, the final chapter of the Skywalker saga. I watching it, you know. I, I just didn't know what how I feel. I still don't know how I feel about the movie. I, I didn't hate the movie. You know, I didn't dislike the movie. I thought it's a pretty decent movie despite its flaws and despite what it does. It plays it safe a lot of the time as well. Um, and I know that's kind of the big consens- consensus that everyone's uh, putting out there now that people have seen it. You know, it plays it safe at times. You know, people are already saying that it's better than The Last Jedi, but it's also not as good as it should be. There are people saying that I'm very disappointed by it. Here's my thing, and this is something that I always say when I talk to people, uh, whether it be on the podcast or whether it be you know in person or, or text messages or whatever. If you are interested in watching a movie, in this case, especially Star Wars, if you're interested in something that you have been anticipating for however long you've been anticipating for it, go watch it. Ignore the noise and go watch it. Form your own opinion. If you liked it, awesome. If you didn't like it, that's great too. Because at least you saw it and you can form your own opinion. And not just attack people by saying, oh, well, you know, you know, I can't even make a fake uh, argument now at this point. But it's, it's, it's gonna, it is going to be one of those movies akin to The Last Jedi, in the extent that people are going to have varying opinions on it. Because there are people who really love The Last Jedi. And I'm not one of those Last Jedi haters that are out there. Uh, I thought what Ryan Johnson did with The Last Jedi was that he was trying to do his own thing. He was trying to put his own stamp on it. He was trying to do something different and introduce new elements to Star Wars. And fans did not appreciate that. Fans wanted their Star Wars, they were expecting something, and they didn't get it, and they were mad about it. Or they're just, you know, they were like me. They went in, you know, clean slate, see what see what happens, and they still didn't enjoy what was going on. That's fine. That's fine, too. It is. I, I'm, try, I'm trying to, you know, com, com, you know, get all my thoughts in without spoiling anything. Uh, Cast-wise, you know, you got Daisy Ridley, you got uh, Adam Driver, Isaac, uh, Oscar Isaacs, I should say, and um, John Boyega. They all do a, a fine job with what they're given. I think I will. I will say that Adam Driver, I think, is kind of not toned down, but I think he doesn't really get to do what he should have been able to do with the way the story was progressing, the way it was. Daisy Ridley's fine as Ray. She's always been fine as Ray. John Boyega gets a little bit more to do but he's still kind of in the background a lot and so is oscar isaac for all the haters of kelly marine trans rose uh she does get the short end of the stick in this one unfortunately despite how big ryan johnson you know tried to make her a, a centerpiece in the last jedi uh emperor palpatine is in there that's not really a spoiler because we already knew he was in the movie he does play a somewhat important role uh, in the movie, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. Um, but uh, there is that. The Knights of Run are back. They get a little bit more to do, but not really. So if you're, you know, on the verge of all oh, the Knights of Run are in this movie, great. We're finally going to see them do something awesome. No, no, <laughs> just, just no. And of course, there's the big cloud over the movie, which is uh, Carrie Fisher uh, as uh, as Leia. They didn't have a lot of footage, you know. J.J. Abrams had already said that they were going to use the footage that they that they had of Carrie Fisher, and they weren't going to, you know, superimpose her onto another actress's body. They were just going to use what they had. And the thing with the Leia character in the movie is that she doesn't really have a lot to do anyway. And of course, uh, Carrie Fisher's passing 
uh, in between productions really played a factor in that. Uh, it seemed like Leia was going to have more uh, a bigger role in the movie than she does, you know, of course. Uh, but um, it's one of those it's one of those what ifs. Well, what would have happened if she, you know, had, had still been around? Uh, how will the movie have changed? How will the character have changed? It again. It, I mentioned earlier that the movie felt overstuffed, and it does. Um, the the final act in the movie seems a little rushed. It seems like they just threw a lot of stuff in there because they're like, we want this big climactic ending to to something that we've been teasing since the very beginning. Um, and we do find out Ray's lineage in the movie, which I'm sure has already sparked. A lot of controversies online. I've been trying to avoid that part of film Twitter, which is really hard because that's all film Twitter is right now. Um, so it's it's I don't know. I, I I'm very interested in seeing how people, how you guys react to it, how people are going to react to it now that more people are watching it. Um, I don't know. I just I honestly don't know how I feel about it. I will have a more clearer probably thought process on how I feel about it on Saturday, but I can tell you right now, upon first viewing of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, I don't know how I feel. I did enjoy it for what it was. It is pretty fast-paced at the start of the movie. They just kind of throw you in there, and they, they just keep going and keep going and keep going. There's not a lot of, you know, lull in it too much, which may or may not have be a problem uh with the movie but um i'm sure if you're a fan of star wars you're gonna enjoy it no matter what uh i'm sure if you're a fan of star wars you'll probably also find reasons to hate it but uh i can honestly tell you right now i don't know how i feel about it it's a flawed film but it's not the worst star wars movie out there so yeah those are my thoughts on star wars the rise of skywalker let's get back to the movie releases and talk about the movies that are coming out for the rest of the year. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So on December 25th, which is Christmas Day, for those who don't celebrate Christmas, uh, we have uh, quite a few movies. A lot of these are limited releases. This is the time where a lot of movies coming out uh, on a limited release and then expand as the weeks go on and of course by uh, like the second week of January all these limited releases will be wide releases uh, for the most part not not entirely but uh, so the first one is just mercy which is based on a true story of the wall of the world-renowned civil rights defense attorney uh, Brian Stevenson played by Michael B Jordan in the movie uh, as he recounts his experience and details the case of a condemned death row prisoner played by Jamie Foxx, um, who he fought to free. Just Mercy stars Brie Larson, or co-stars Brie Larson, uh, Rafi Spall, O'Shea Jackson Jr., and Tim Blake Nelson. Uh, the trailers for that have been very powerful, so we'll see how that uh, how that turns out. Um, it Man 4 is also coming out on Christmas Day, or IP Man, depending on how you want to pronounce it that's of course uh, played by donna yen travels to the u.s where his students uh where his students are have are upset or have upset i should say the local martial arts community uh, opening a win chun school that uh, movie also co-stars scott atkins which is pretty cool uh so we'll get to see scott atkins and donnie Yen go at it which i'm very very excited for uh 1917 is also being uh getting a limited release the end the last this right here before the the new year begins that is of course uh follows two british two young british soldiers uh during the first world war who are given an impossible mission and that is to deliver a message deep in enemy territory that will stop the death of 1600 men uh one of them being the brother of one of the soldiers so there is that that comes out i believe the first or second week of january in an expansion release but again it's getting a limited release uh, so just be aware of, of where you're viewing that. Uh, your wide releases for Christmas Day are Spies in the Skies, which is the animated movie when the world's best spy is turned into a pigeon. And that pigeon, best slash spy, is voiced by Will Smith. And he must rely on his nerdy tech officer, voiced by Tom Holland, to save the world. So there's that. Uh, I, 
I honestly don't know how I feel about that at, at all. Uh, so, also coming out on Christmas is Little Women, which is based, of course, off the novel, uh, and is written and directed by Gerda Gerwig, who, of course, uh, wrote and directed Lady Bird. Uh, the Marsh Sisters, played by Sasha Ronan, Florence Pugh, Eli- uh, Eliza, sorry, Eliza uh, Scanlon, and Emma Watson come of age in America and the aftermath of the Civil War. Uh, that also co-stars Timothy uh, Timothy Chalamet, Laura Dern, Bob Odenkirk, Tracy Letts, Chris Cooper, and Meryl Streep. Uh, that's been getting some pretty decent word of mouth. Uh, I don't know how it's going to f- survive in the holiday and the holiday releases. Obviously, with uh, Star Wars, pretty much, I'm pretty sure Star Wars is going to uh, sweep up a lot of the, uh, the holiday box office. Uh, and then on the 27th, we have one movie, which is Clemency. Uh, years of carrying out death row executions have taken a toll on prison warden uh, Bernadine Williams, played by Alfie Woodard in the movie. As she prepares to ex- uh, execute another inmate, Bernadine must confront the psychological and emotional demons that her job creates, ultimately connecting to the man she is sentenced to kill. Uh, so there is that. Uh, I haven't really seen too much about Clemency. I think it did play at some film festivals and it got some pretty good word of mouth, but, uh, in terms of, you know, coming out at the end of the year, that's not usually the best sign, but, um, there, there is that. Uh, I don't know how that will fare in the Oscar run if it gets even any, or just awards season, not just Oscars, because uh, there is more awards than just the Oscars, but there's that. Uh, and that's it, guys. That's all I got for you guys this week. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, I try not to make this too long. It probably ended up being too long anyway. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast uh, this week and this year. Like I mentioned, this year has been a pretty great year. I did take that really big chunk of hiatus from the podcast, but sometimes you just got to step away for a little while. Uh, so uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast this year. You guys have been great. Uh, thank you guys so much. I want to give a shout out to all the people that have listened, all the people that have helped this podcast become what it is. Uh, shout out to Mike who has been the podcast. I tried to get him this week, but I just, I forgot to let him know that I wanted his thoughts on some stuff. Uh, so if you're listening to this, Mike, I apologize. Uh, I will get back to you on something though. But, uh, but yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. If you want anything on the podcast, make sure to check out the description slash show notes area down below links to the trailers, links to social media. Like I mentioned, if anything really big drops movie news wise, uh, you know, these next two weeks where we were, where we will be off. That's very hard to say, apparently. Um, I will drop those over on the Twitter page, which is Movie Pit Podcast. Uh, it gets linked down there. I'm pretty sure it's linked. If it's not linked, then you just copy and paste the uh, the the handle on there. But, uh, but yeah, that's all I got for you guys this week. Uh, thank you guys so much. Hopefully you guys have a f- happy, safe, fun weekend and holidays, no matter what it is you celebrate. If you don't even celebrate anything, just as long as you're safe and happy and healthy and surrounded by people that you love or at least people that you tolerate and are okay with being around, uh, hopefully that that's all you need. And hopefully that that's, that's what you need. So happy, uh, safe, fun holidays and also New Year because uh, I won't you won't hear from me until the new year starts. Uh, so I was going to do, I know, you you know, you usually got to do your, you know, end of the year or end of the decade in this case, uh, movie lists. Uh, the way I usually do it is I usually do it at the beginning of the new year. Uh, so, uh, when we come back, you guys will be hearing my ginormous list of movies. Uh, I do usually put them up on the WordPress account, but, uh, um, if you want to hear my thoughts on it, I'm trying to get some people, uh, or I will try to get some people on that podcast. Cause it's always more fun to have more people on that kind of thing. So, um, hopefully the next time you hear me, it will not just be my voice. It will be someone else's voice as well. And, uh, and yeah, so that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast this week. Once again, uh, and this year you guys are awesome. And here's to another great year of movies. Hopefully, uh, next year seems pretty good, but we'll talk about that when, when we come back. So, uh, thank you guys, uh, again, have a happy, safe holiday season and new years. And, uh, I'll see you guys next year and next decade. Sorry. I had to do it. I apologize. I'm sorry. Go, go, go watch some movies. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Give it up! Movies!